You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Episode 168, Feng Shui and Art with Helen Chen. Welcome to episode 168 of the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. We teach feng shui online at mindfuldesignschool.com. Check us out. Be sure to sign up for our mailing list for free information, free updates, special workshops, and different opportunities that are only available to our newsletter subscribers. So before we dive into this episode, we just want to let everyone know that we have our Feng Shui certification program starting pretty soon. And we have information sessions coming up and we have a lot of fun things like free Feng Shui floor plan boot camps. And you can be invited to all of those if you sign up for our newsletter. And our certification program, we run it twice a year. It starts at the end of April and it's a six month certification program. Yep. Uh, yeah. So we are running a few more info sessions, I think. So be sure to get on the mailing list if you are curious and you want, we can walk you through the whole program, you know, all the details. And then after that, if you want to chat with one of us, we do discovery calls to chat about the program. We're starting up the last day of April. So that last day, I think May, April 30th and May 1st. I don't know if that's right, but that weekend is our first intensive immersive weekend where we get into the foundations of the practice. So it's really, it's actually really fun to just immerse yourself for that whole weekend and get your tea and your lunch and have fun with us and hang out. Yeah. So we hope that if you have been interested in feng shui for a while and really feel called to learn more, check out our certification program. So we're really delighted to have with us actually a graduate of our certification program, Helen Chen. And Helen has a background in art and design. Helen brings an artful and contemporary aesthetic to feng shui. She uses traditional BTB feng shui methods and creates modern images that activate and embody feng shui ideology. With compassion and a helpful hand, Helen hopes to uplift your space and spark the positive changes you wish to make. Welcome, Helen. Hi, Helen. Hello. Hey. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for coming. It's always so wonderful to have one of our graduates on the podcast, and and I'm really pleased that you agreed to join us and to talk about your experience and um, your new offerings and how you really have woven together your love of art, your um, your culture, your cultural background, and how you're beginning to manifest this all into a beautiful art card deck and into different feng shui offerings. So we're really delighted to chat with you today. Thank you, I'm excited to be here. Well, I wanted to start and with some questions and going a little bit into your own history and your connection to feng shui. So could you tell us about your first introduction to feng shui? Sure. So in my childhood, my dad had a feng shui master who he consulted for a lot of things. 
mostly it was always, you know, health, luck, and money, right? So those three things. So we have funny stories from our childhood. Like he had um, an office at home. He worked, he had his own business and he would always be moving his desk according to how the feng shui master, you know, told him, but it would be one day, like in the middle of the living room or one day switch to a different position, like sort of always shifting. So we, we sort of witnessed that happening in our childhood and one of the funniest feng shui stories I always tell is his fish. He had these beloved fish that the feng shui master told him represented the life of his company. So, but they weren't really like pretty fish. They were these like catfish sharks, really kind of gross looking. But so he would nurture them and really, you know, really take out, take care of them. And when he would travel, he would call home and say, how are my fish? My mom would always say he'd ask about his fish before he asked about, you know, the family, because that was like his, you know, represented his business, right? It was a really big deal. So we'd always joke about that. But one time he was traveling, I guess my mother and I were really distracted and there was a power outage and the filter didn't reset and we basically killed the fish. <laughs> so that was really devastating because it was like... um you know, re represented more than just having fish in the home. So, so I, I've been always familiar with feng shui. I never really knew, we never really talked about it. It was just always something, you know, my dad was consulting the master, best dates for our wedding, you know, what colors you should wear for an interview, things like that. But I never really understood the why, you know, so I was watching him do the things, but I didn't really know why the fish, I didn't really know why the desk was facing this way and that way. Well, I think that's the interesting cultural difference between the West and the East. I feel that sometimes when we have, even if we think about like the Eastern Zen master, the old Asian man with the big, the long beard, they don't really tell you the why so much, but you and I are both East and West, right? So Growing up here in the West, in the U.S., we see that we also, as even though we're, you know, we're Asian Americans, but also Americans or Westerners really want to know the why. So I think it is pretty traditional that they wouldn't tell you why, but you didn't need to know why also. And there's a, just a different mindset. But that's such a funny story. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, did, you did you fix, did you replace his fish? Or did he no, forgive you? I mean, it was really bad. <laughs> and we had like not noticed for days that they had, I mean, it was really tragic. And he wasn't really outwardly upset, but I think, I mean, now that I know the impact of what those fish meant, I actually feel really bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you grew up kind of always knowing about feng shui, having some curiosity about it. But then right. as you grew older, what drew you to feng shui? Like what, what caused you to really decide you wanted to enroll in the mindful design certification program and really, you know, dive deep into this practice? It was really spontaneous, to be honest. Like I, I think it was sort of always in the back of my head because of my father and, you know, he was always inserting or consulting the master for certain things. And I, I just thought it was really interesting that this person could have such an influence 
you know, on, on how you direct your life. And honestly, it was a very spontaneous choice. I, you know, I've worked in the art world for 20 years and I think maybe I was a little bit bored and wanted to step outside of the art world and learn something new. And then I always thought it'd be cool to be a, a master. I don't know. I love that to be a master or something. So I thought wouldn't it wouldn't really be cool to be a feng shui master. But I started looking around for different programs. I really didn't know about the different schools and the styles and, and really did was looking online and stumbled across mindful design. And I went to one of your info sessions. And I remember Angie was describing how she got into feng shui and it was very sort of impulsive. You were saying that you're the type of person that doesn't like research and and like comb through and learn all the different options and ins and outs, which is very much my personality. Like I want to know and research everything before I make a decision. But somehow that really resonated with me. And I was like, I'm going to do it. Let's just, let's not keep searching. This seems like really interesting. Um, so yeah, so that's really, it was not a calculated decision at all. And we're, we're so glad you did because it was so wonderful to have you in class with us. But yeah, you know, I think with my, especially with my design business, I see this a lot because I work with people closely that many people want to go through every single option. And so they start somewhere and you can imagine like going around the wheel, checking everything, and then they end up right back where they started. And, yeah. you know, and it's okay. There's no, there's nothing wrong with that because then, you know, for sure that you want it because you've checked out all the options, but Usually I find that, you know, right away, like in your, in, with your intuition, like this is what connects with me and then you doubt it. So you check everything else and Correct. then you come back, but that's, that's just a one way of working with the world. Right. Yeah. And I definitely think it was just an intuitive choice. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, I have some interest and background. Here's this program and, and kind of connected and all. And then I think it was like starting a month later. So it was also timing too. Like it kind of worked out for what I was looking. Yeah, that's actually a really big thing too. We've seen with a lot of our students. It's just, it was the right time. It just happened to fall into their lap at the right time. And I think that's a very good way that the universe tells you this is the right thing for you. So yeah, um, definitely. Helen, can you tell us how how studying feng shui has impacted your life and how this may have allowed you to connect to your cultural heritage a bit more? Well, going back to the course, one of the things that's so interesting is you do a reading for the students to really understand. And so we can observe, you know, how a consult, what a consult looks like and, you know, what, and then also to practice the feng shui yourself. And that's so meaningful because I really didn't understand what you were doing. Like I said, like I didn't really know what I was getting into. I didn't really know what I wanted to come out of it. So it was just kind of going with it. And I really, it's sort of like a leap of faith. You kind of just have to do what you say and see if it works. And it really worked for me. I mean, the that one consultation like really transformed my life fundamentally. You know, on the surface, we did the house sale. I did a career um, mirrors cure, and you know, really like tactile adjustments that you gave me shifted my life hugely. 
So that that was really exciting just to see and witness and, and to understand how it plays out in practice. Yeah, I remember when you were selling your house, you told me like, Angie, I wrote down a number that I wanted and it was a crazy number. That was way more than you thought you would get. And you said that exact, you said you got an, an offer with that exact number, right? I, we got like eight offers above that number. And it was really just like a dream number, you know? And, you know, I'm in New York and the real estate market is, can be like that. But prior to the year, we tried selling our house and nobody had any interest. So it was quite meaningful. Yeah. And, and, um, and I'm curious, how, yeah, talk also about how this may have connected you to your cultural heritage in a, in a way that you didn't expect as well. Yeah, sure. So I'm Taiwanese. My parents are from Taiwan. And our Asian culture is, is pretty strong, um, even though I was raised here. I have a deep understanding of it, you know, from what my parents taught me. But I think with feng shui, it sort of forced me to look at how that plays out in life, right? So like, for example, Lunar New Year, right? We, we celebrate it and it's really a family thing. It's, you know, it's centered around food and we have all these traditions. And in feng shui, in, in BTV, we have our also Lunar New Year traditions as well. And so it was a really fun way to, to say, oh, okay, well, we have these traditions at home. These are the feng shui traditions. Some of them overlap and some of them are new. So it kind of helped me expand upon what I already have, especially I'm in the US and my I'm raising mixed children. But, so we're always sort of blending traditions. Like we have Thanksgiving, but we have it with turkey and Chinese food. And, you know, we kind of just do always just kind of make up our own things. And so the feng shui was just sort of more an extension of what else I can do and that, and make it my own and make it fun and creative. And there are a lot of common things like the red envelope or the red string. I remembered I, in my wedding, we did a red string blessing where the person who married us connected us with the red streak, you know, so there's a lot of like meaning that I didn't really understand that were actually feng shui infused or, you know, the gourd, the Chinese gourd you just talked about. We had Chinese gourds all over our house, like these <laughs> shell of gourds. And I was like, what are these things? I just thought they were decorative. So, so that I learned the meaning behind that last week. Oh, wow. Well, we want to also talk about your art, but I, and I think this is yeah. a nice segue to this one question. You know, I feel like you really received so much from taking this feng shui program with us, and we've received so much from you being a student of ours. How have you kind of tied this in with learning what your gift to the world is and, and how you bring offerings to the world? So I didn't really know what I wanted to do with feng shui, like just what I explained to you alone, like connecting the dots from my childhood and connecting it, you know, with my heritage and selling the house, all those things I feel like were enough for me for the course. I mean, that was, those are all really meaningful in my life, but it took me a while to figure out how I wanted to offer it into my work. So um, my background is I manage private art collections. And so I work with private collectors in their homes, caring for their collections. And a lot of what I do is 
installation. So if you move or buy a new artwork, we do like a big install. And it's a very intuitive way that we hang art. It's not, there's no formula, right? But with the feng shui, it sort of gives a deeper intention or meaning to the work that I do. So for example, I've done a feng shui consult with a client who said that they wanted to redo their dining room and host more. And, you know, they hadn't had people over since COVID. And so we did a full consultation, but then I came back and reinstalled the art, the existing art in the home, according to like what the feng shui goals were. And that one goal was, you know, to be more social and have more people in the dining room. So we took the art and found red pieces, fiery, you know, fame and reputation and, and just went for it in that room. And so she said that really helped shape and transform how she, you know, what she did in that room and how she presented. So that was, that's just one example. Yeah. You mentioned when you were talking about the fact with these practices that you're, you have to be really creative. And I think or you can be, it allows you to be really creative. So tell us a little bit about how you have taken this, this practice of feng shui, which some people don't see as being really creative. They see it as being really prescriptive and, you know, talk a little bit about how you were able to bring this into like you, the, the actual feng shui consultation. That's awesome. You know, using the bagua or using the colors and all that, but is there something you found that you were able to take that feng shui and bring it into, take a creative spin on it. Yeah. So I, I really, the way that I got into figuring out how I wanted to apply feng shui with, with work and my offerings, I took a long break during the pandemic. So I finished the course right when the pandemic hit, right. Angie mm-hmm. and I were going to go to an in-person consults and I was so excited to meet her and just to <laughs> see in person and then literally that week we were like should we not go this is getting kind of weird you know so we canceled and then that was it and then you know I was home with kids you know panicking and you know homeschooling and moving because of you know my home sale so it took a long time to for me to figure out what I wanted to do with it and and during that time I so I take a lot of pictures I travel a lot too. So I have a lot of photos from around the world. And, and after the course, I was sort of seeing the Bagua. I was seeing imagery, feng shui symbolism in everything, right? I'm like walking down the street, like, oh my God, that's so water. That's so this, right? And, and you learn that from the course. So I started like categorizing these images um, into the feng shui Bagua. And then I had this sort of aha moment. I have this a business partner who's really lovely and she was working with an artist at the time. She came over during the pandemic and said, oh, I'm making these little cards. And there were these sort of bite-sized cards for the artist's work. And I was like, oh my God, this is how I can apply my imagery into these cards and then maybe use them somehow in my practice. Um, so it takes that creativity, you know, the visual, the application. So the cards then became an application to sort of activate a certain area, right? So you, we've learned to you to really like use our interpretation, right? Like mm-hmm. you've empowered us to really. 
it's not prescriptive. It's not like, okay, you must put this water fountain here. It's like, well, these are different ways you can do it. You can use a crystal, you can use a mirror. And so I sort of found my way using these cards that are really art inspired, feng shui inspired to activate something, you know, something you're working on. Yeah, I remember we met you and I, we, when you were, you wanted like some feedback on them and they're just very, very cool. So I'm super curious to see how they've, how they're coming along. And I'm just thinking, you know, given what we've been, you've already were talking about with Angie, that it seems like a really great representation of what you are. So this cultural heritage, this desire to really connect with the practice of feng shui, but you like absolutely put your own spin on it and made it your own, which is really cool. Yeah, I'm really proud of them. They're so I was sort of ad hoc making these cards and then using them for consults. And right now mm-hmm. we're developing a deck of cards. It's called Everyday Art Cards. And the goal is to infuse some art into your life, you know, some art and design and something fun. And I think because I think that feng shui, it's like it's really abstract, right? Like mm-hmm. there's a there's a learning curve to understand all the principles and philosophies and I'm just such a visual person and so these cards are almost like a cheat sheet for me to uh, like okay water right water's for this so Mm -hmm. it's really helpful and useful for me when I show what I'm doing in consults and showing people okay this means that to Mm -hmm. have a little bit of a reference for so that's been really really helpful Mm -hmm. yeah I mean it's Feng shui is a very, can, can be sometimes, as you said, abstract. There's a lot of philosophies and concepts. And of course, a lot of stuff is transcendental, which is literally not even physical. So, you know, it's good to have something where people can look and connect with. And I think what's really beautiful about that too, is that your, your imagery that you've picked isn't obvious. Like it's, it really allows people to make their own come in with their own ideas without kind of saying, and this is this, and it's not like a picture of like, you know, this it's, it's, it really gets you thinking and takes you to a different place, which is really cool. So I wanted to close. We're going to talk a little bit about, you know, where they, people can find you and where you can find the cards, but sort of close with a little bit. If you were to sort of sit back and think about when you first decided to take the program and where you are now, how do you see that? Like, would you have expected yourself to be here or how do you see your, your career has changed since you started studying feng shui? I think everything really has changed in my life. I think the biggest thing that I learned from the program is setting intention. I think that's a huge thing of, you know, okay, so I hang art, but what's the intention behind that? Or so I'd like to help people in their homes, but what, what's their intention for what they want to do? And that's been really such an underlying influence in everything that I do, right? So Chinese New Year, what are our rituals? Well, what's the intention behind that? And I think going back to what I was saying about my dad's functional master, everything was really about, you know, wealth and, you know, luck and prosperity, and there was no reasoning. And so now I feel like I have the reasoning and then the style of feng shui that we learn it's really like such a holistic approach it's not you know you can you can work on love and relationship you can work on um you know your intuition and you know there's so many areas and they're all such universal themes 
that you really can like use it for all areas of your life, um, which I feel like I've done so. You know, Helen, it's been so wonderful to know you. How many years has it been now? Two or it's three. It's been a few. I, I was sort of out for a year during the pandemic. So it's been three years, maybe? Yeah, well, it was before the yeah. pandemic. So. Yeah, it was before the pandemic. So that's another yeah. era. But it's been such a joy to see how you've really made this practice your own. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how your everyday cards, art cards come out. I know I have I have a prototype. And, yeah, um, you have an early prototype. Yeah, and all of the listeners should definitely check it out. We'll have a link to the cards on our show notes. And can you also let the listeners know how they can contact you? Sure. My website is Helen Chen, H-E-L-E-N-C-H-E-N dot info. And on the site, there's a link to the everyday art cards. So there's a description and some images of them. You can see a little bit what they look like and then sign up for the release date. We're currently printing them and they'll be out pretty soon. Um, oh, I have a question. What's your favorite? Yeah. What's, which one is your favorite art card that you've created so far? Um, they're all awesome, I think. <laughs> I think there's, well, okay, so there's 54 cards. 45 of them are imagery, and they all relate to an area of the Bagua. And then there are nine cards that are explanations. I have one here. I can, I know the listeners can't see, but. And the nine explanations are really just like, they're like a really easy intro into feng shui. Can I read one to you? Yes. So the one I'm holding up is wood and it's green columns. And then the back says green represents spring and brings a fresh vitality. Pull in place a green column car to inspire new growth and family. Set an intention to feel new beginnings and varied possibilities. So I love this because it's, this is sort of my cheat sheet, you know, when I go in and I kind of forget what the, the, the guas are. And then there's five cards that are, you know, lush, green, beautiful images, woods, forests that pair with this. Wonderful. Yeah. So I love them all. Sorry. There's no one image. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you so much, Helen. And everyone should definitely check out Helen's cards, Helen's website, and Helen's also available for feng shui consultations, especially if you're looking at your art. She's a really great resource. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You can tune in every Monday for a new podcast episode. You can always support the podcast by checking out our website, mindfuldesignschool.com. We have information about our certification course and other offerings, little mini courses, different workshops. If you'd like to explore the world of holistic spaces and feng shui on an even deeper level, you can visit our online store and blog for more information about feng shui and holistic living. You can subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and definitely sign up for our mailing list. Go to mindfuldesignschool.com, scroll to the bottom, and there's a place where you can pop your email. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.